new. This is my first time. Oh, hi, Jacob. Oh, Jacob. Oh, nice to meet you. Same here. How, how did you come get to come here, Jacob? How did you get here? Uh, it's just, I don't know, just roundabout. <laughs> just <laughs> this place and that place, and now I'm here. So. so what's your take on non-duality? I don't, I don't know. I can't really find any, it's hard to find words for anything, and it's been confusing, so that's where I'm at. All right, good, good. You know, the confusing part's important because there's, uh, let's say there are certain systems that are on in all of us, yes? And one of those systems, we give it, the, we call it a self-centered system. And in that system, you're pictured as something, yeah? And how you understand everything is how it pertains to that something. And when you run into a message that, that's something you're, that you're not in non-duality uh, idea. That's something that you're not tries to understand and cannot understand you're onto something. Yes. Yes. Because this is not about uh, something that the system can embrace and jump into and experience and get and advance in it's really uh, a rebuttal or a negation of the system itself, yeah? So a lot of people, in the early days, I could have taken it personally because people would say, everything this guy says goes over my head, but really that was the target, yeah? And so knowing it or not knowing it, we were doing our job. And over the years, it became obvious that uh, that which is attempting to grasp and get and understand and experience and in hope stabilize is not you. Yeah, it's an activity, mental in origin. And its activity and its basis is mechanical. There's not, you're not behind this machine. Yeah, there's not a long-lasting, independent, separate, amorphous thing that's choosing to turn on this mechanicalness of this system, yeah? But because of our nature, which is awareness, we're aware of it, yeah? Now, that awareness of it has been used to actually reinforce the system itself instead of contradict the system. So non-duality has arisen so that awareness itself will will contradict the system yeah instead of how the system has claimed the awareness is that the awareness is an attribute of you the you that is pictured as the system or from the system yes so when the system aka you says it doesn't understand and it's starting to get frustrated and it's starting to, that's a great sign in my book, yeah? And and it's also going to be a condition. The confusion isn't going to be uh, uh, quenched by an understanding. The understanding is that that which wants to understand cannot get it, yeah? That's the understanding I feel. So you, it does come to a finite end, but it can seem frustrating 
but not you can always ask to who because it's not you. So the system gets frustrated that its inadequacies are being brought into contrast, a stark contrast, yeah? Where many other things, it can sort of grasp and sort of absorb it into itself and neuter its real message and make it a message that the self-centeredness can seem to get, yeah? Which is all the, like the uh, launching pods of seeking, yeah? The seeking for our own nature with our own nature is the absurdity that non-duality pronounces, yes? So if you hear this message, it was captured beautifully by a, a master called Ramana Maharshi. He says, he uses the word greatest, which means, you know, in this world, that's an important statement. He says the greatest mystery is being ourselves reality, reality wanting to attain reality. Yeah. This pretty much sums up the whole underlying uh, foundation of, of non-dual satsang in a sense, I feel. Yeah. So uh, what we're looking for is what's looking. And, and this idea of you is using what's looking to look for itself, which is obviously ridiculous if you hear it. Yeah. When you actually hear it, uh, hopefully through the grace of satsang, when you hear it, it'll be like a German shepherd with the, the head turning. You know? You'll just realize, wait a minute, or, your, or a statement like, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Why would anyone say that to Paul, you know? I mean, what's the point of telling Paul you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha? I mean, it would make no sense. It would be an added torture to Paul. And he probably says, am I using the, you know, just go off, just make it worse. So obviously, from that view of non-duality, Paul is not seen as Paul. It's seen as the Buddha, yeah? Now, the Buddha masquerading as Paul with the the distinction that Paul brings will could get to such an, an absurd point that it's using itself to look for itself. So reality is wanting to attain reality. And it makes complete sense if reality is taken to be Paul, but it isn't. <laughs> so when they were talking, or he was this great master, I think he was great, Huang Po, an old Zen master. He was speaking and uh, he said, uh, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Uh, he wasn't talking to any Paul or anyone else. He was talking directly to the Buddha with the hopes of getting around the obstacle, which is Paul. So the seeker of the Buddha is the obstacle of to the being of the being of the Buddha. Yes. The seeking the Buddha can actually be the greatest impediment to the recognition of the being of Buddha. <laughs> now that blew my mind, yeah, because I invested seemingly a lot of years looking for the Buddha or getting Buddha qualities uh, through Buddhism as Paul, yeah, and 
maybe nothing was happening, but of course the head is going to, with all the investment, it's going to say it's getting something. <laughs> and so to hear that message uh, from the Buddha here, which is, I can't use myself to find myself. That's It's pretty clear that certain things could have an abrupt ending, which is seeking the Buddha. <laughs> Whatever vehicle you're using, it doesn't matter. You'll see that changing vehicles doesn't change the road or the destination. It's just, it's the, the, the idea that there's a destination in a road doesn't get determined by the vehicle. The, you know, you can have a lot of vehicles going down the same road towards the same destination. But the point is, uh, in this case, there's nowhere to go. You already are where you think you want to arrive at. Yes. This is the humble non-duality in my feeling you know this is the active element in it it's a it's the active element is to negate a lot of shit that the system that we're not is sure of yeah not deny it which is what the system does and i'm just using the word system because it sounds mechanical and foreign and not personal and not and uh and the head is quite like that actually it's like one size fits all, maybe. And everyone who's listening to thoughts think they're their thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and if life brings you to a, a weird situation, which is active alcoholism or active addiction, you may end up at a meeting with a lot of other people. And when they share, and you're listening to people for months, they share for an hour in America, other places, an hour and a half meetings. They share their feelings, their thoughts, their reactions to life. And after a few months, you can only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts and my feelings? Yeah. Or they're not my feelings and they're not my thoughts. The, the gateless gate has cracked open. <laughs> uh, you thought it was closed. It cracked open because I listen to people describe how I feel great and then say it was how they felt. And then they described how they thought and it sounded like they were describing how I thought. And they described how they what they did and it sure sounded like what I did. And so it was clear through the haze that there must be something that's jumped on all of our backs and is riding us. And not only riding us, when it's riding us, it's directing us, yeah? So we're not just getting ridden, but it's driving us. And it drives us with the same characteristics or manifestations as it drives everyone else and they're not infinite. And in the through the grace of something, in the call of help from all the souls of suffering addicts and alcoholics, there was a solution that dropped in. And they recognized that which has defeated us. Yes, this system gone wild. And they called it self. Yeah, small s self. And they said self is what has defeated us. 
Any life run on self's will will hardly be a success. Self is driving us through a hundred forms of tons of shit. You're making decisions based on self that are bringing you great misfortune. And it seems like self is the captain, the driver, the GPS, unbeknownst to us. Yeah. And so the dilemma is that it's unbeknownst to us. So here you are. We're going to share a message or an invitation that that which is talking in your head right now or what you're hearing, you don't know what's talking. You don't see anyone talking, but you hear the thoughts, yes? It's, there's a hearing, and this is important. The only reality there is is watching a presentation by the mental state and taking it to be so, yeah? So suddenly, a run-of-a-mill mental narrative is now taken to be a real fucking life experience, yeah? Is it a real life experience? No. At best, it's an interpretation of, of dreaming, yeah? At best. It's interpreting dreaming, yeah? And it's so off on the dreaming, it believes the dreaming is encompassed by past and future. Yet, the only time you're ever in any dreaming is now, yeah? Yet, there's dreaming of past and future, especially in the awake dream. At night, there's a little more possibility of going non-linear, but definitely during the day, the wake dream, it seems to be there was a yesterday, I'm in something called today, and I'm thinking a lot about what my condition is going to be tomorrow. Yeah? <laughs> uh, this is the bondage of self. And it's one of the made, one of the, the, the biggest weighted part of the chain is time. Yeah? The self and the mental activity loves to dwell in time at the expense of this moment, really. It uses this moment to dwell in time, yeah? So if you really wanted to know someone or some foreign system or any system's intention, you could find it out very quickly if the intention of this system that's appearing now is not to be here now, because it thinks a lot about yesterday and tomorrow, doesn't it? Do you feel like you think about yesterday and tomorrow? Do I wake up and have an agenda? I'm going to think about yesterday or four years ago. No, I don't. I have a lot of unwelcome guests coming into the head, seemingly, all freaking day. And some of them don't want to leave. And they or, and then when they leave, they come back. And it's, it's just like I seem to be in a dilemma of powerlessness. Yeah? I don't want to wake up two in the morning Thinking, yeah. What's one to do? Well, a lot of people are driven to drug use, alcohol use. Then they get, they realize the futility of that on some level, then they go into spirituality. And it's just in the same thing, it's basically the same drive that can become an addictive exp expression just clothed in different clothing, you know? I see drug addiction in a much rawer state than spiritual addiction, but they're both avenues of an expression of a mental addiction, yeah? 
I believed when I came out of the drug addiction that spirituality was exempt from that addictive nature. I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong like many other things I was wrong. So when I was introduced to spiritual groups, uh, I could see spiritual addiction going. Yeah, And they don't have interventions. Yeah. No one's going to say you shouldn't sign up for the 50th retreat. They're probably going to take your down payment and let you come and shit like that. And at that point, it may be a huge disservice to you to go to another fucking retreat. Yeah. So at least in, in, in addiction, someone's going to intervene, the cops or something, or you're going to get run over by a car or some shit. There's going to be a lot of possibilities of getting off that bus. You may not, but at least, but the spirituality is like a drip, 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 drip. Yeah, yes. So this is the message. The message is you may be taking yourself to be something other than what you are. Yeah. And that something is giving that opinion and idea to you. You're not making it up yourself in a way. You are, ultimately, but in this way, it seems like the mental state is delivering a package deal. You're going to have the great joy of being a special someone with a lot of probably unintended consequences, yes? But it it's banking on your cherishing of being Paul will be so strong that it will go, it will put up so, with so much shit and so much other stuff as long as it's the star of the movie. It doesn't care if the movie sucks or not, but it's all about Paul. Yeah. And then some of us, we were beaten in submission or it just screwed, just ran out or something. And, uh, you know, I had an ear and I was willing to hear something and I heard it through non-duality. Yes. Yeah. First off, I, the action figure had to get sober, which happened. And then the sobriety taking that giant because it was the huge drama of my life was addiction. It really was. It was causing a lot of, uh, it was it was attracting a lot of attention, either from me or from others, unwanted others, like uniformed policemen and shit. Yeah. And so that had to be corrected, which it was. I was struck sober and I was given a way of life. The action figure, the... The, the winds and the ocean of the action figures, you know, got karma. Yes. It wasn't like, you know, one foot low tide, 12 foot high tide. It got to be, yeah, just simple. And then there was a lot of freedom from the, for the interest and attention to get interested in other shit. And so I heard non-duality and it basically over time been, became the last answer here in this place, this action figure dream. And to me, a last answer about any topic is an incredible value. Yeah, If you get an answer that puts the weight, the need for any other answers away, that's a damn good answer. I've had two of them in this life. Getting struck sober was a fucking incredible answer. And then, and then hearing non-duality. Those two were probably the most profound, from this view, answers. One was a last answer 
in a finite time place. The other one was a last answer in the infinite. So before anything that ever happened, there's a relief. Not the relief that comes after shit happens, but there's a relief before things happen. And that's the beauty of non-duality. It returns your attention and interest, at least into the neighborhood of what you are, instead of this uh, addiction to the mental system presenting you as a historical, long-lasting, independent doer, thinker, feeler, seer, taster, toucher, yes? It brings you into a lovely garden shaped like a huge question mark, yeah? And you're just walking around in a state of don't, I don't know, and then things are revealed. And it's revelatory, truly revelatory, truly revelatory. Not only reading you are what you're looking for, but really having an intimacy of that statement. You are what you're looking for. It's, it's, it has so much uh, granular, uh, just grip. It's amazing. Yeah. Because look at what we do. We make shit out of nothing. Could you imagine what could be made out of the truth? Really? If we really got to the point, which is we are what we're looking for. And that is actually the truth. And that starts to dawn on you. This is not a manufactured condition. It's an inherent state. It's the state of all states. Yeah. So you, all this thing, you've watched how your head makes mountains out of the molehills, makes days out of here and now, take makes years out of here and now, makes a lot of shit up with absolutely nothing to work with, really, because it's all false evidence. To have that meet something that's actually true and sound is mind boggling. Because, first of all, it's disarming because you don't have to keep breathing life into this idea. It's alive. The message of non-duality is being. It's alive. You don't have to resuscitate it. You don't have to do shit. You just get it. Yeah, You get what you're not. You have an understanding of how what you're not is presented like day in and day out. And you've ran a course and the fucking highway ended. Yeah. And now there's, there's a giant panoramic scenery and so much goes on after the highway of this fucking head ends. Yeah. Yes. So you've matched an incredible imagination with truth. Wow, it's incredible, really. And then you see Sufism, you know? You ever read Suf you ever read Hafiz and uh Rumi and stuff? These great uh amazing and even in English translations, it's amazing. It seems obvious they knew this idea of non-duality and how they present their experiencing it through their life was making an idea of the beloved and meeting it and doing this. And it's just beautiful. And it must have been translated through a couple languages and you still get it. You still get it. To have, to be able to speak the language of non-duality is awesome. It's just like one of the highest art forms I've ever run into. And these dudes, Rumi and Hafiz, 
there's some guy I really liked when I first started hearing satsang. He was funny about non-duality in his second language. That is a heart. That is something to tip your hat off to, to be funny as hell about non-dualities, ideas, and conundrums in another language is pretty good. So um, this is the message, yeah? I am not the messenger. The message is stands on its own. The messenger is just an auxiliary, it's an auxiliary position. It's, it's, it's a utensil, it's used, yes? And... Uh, so the message is not coming from the messenger. <laughs> it comes through all of us, literally. But some people have the eyes to see it. Others don't, but they they have the ability. And it's only a matter of time that they're going to hear it, not as the hearer, but as the hearing. Yes, the hearing. You're going to capture your full, your true nature. It's verbing. <laughs> your true nature in manifestation is verbing. That stillness in movement is verbing. Yeah. So if just to break it, just the first thing, the mental state claims what the conscious condition brings about. Yes. So you're awake to what? You're awake to contact through five gates, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And in Buddhism, they say that the head is a sixth gate. So you're being introduced to thoughts and ideas and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Conscious contact. After the conscious contact, time starts. And that's when the mental process arises. The mental process claims what's happening to claim. And by claiming what's happening, it uses it to imply there's a someone that's doing it or is being done to by it, yes? So now, claiming the verbing, it arrives at a, ma a made up noun, noun, yeah? So if you see this, first there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, watch it in time. The first recognition you have is not as the seer. The first recognition is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yep, okay? Then the mental state claims that and says that there's a seer, hearer, feeler, taster, toucher. So it's built out of the claiming of the verbing, this idea of a noun, yeah? So in time, it's after the claiming of the verbing. And this is the magic trick. The head presupposes the noun before the verbing. So now you think you're the seer. You think you're the hearer. You think you're the feeler, the taster, the toucher, the doer, the non-doer, the winner, the loser. Yes? So the whole interpretation is about a noun that's doing or being done to by all these verbs of life. Yeah? It's completely off. There's verbing, and then the head made up an idea of a noun. Yeah? Now... If the noun is first and then there's verbing, you're going to be listening to the head like fucking a dramatic news station. Yeah. If the noun is seen after the verbing, you're probably going to laugh at it like Comedy Central. Yeah. It's not about the noun at all. It's about 
if if the noun is first, then the, all everything comes after. But if the noun ain't first, there's so much before it. It's profundity and it's obsession and it's largeness and it's big designs and big plans seem fucking ludicrous. Yes, you start because now it's been downsized. It's not constantly being looked through the mental lens, which sees everything about it as big. You see it from a panoramic lens and you see how small it is. Yes, you see it. You're aware of it. Don't you don't have to study it. You're aware of it. That's the greatest form of study is to be aware of. The greatest form of study is to be aware of. The books put shit out, but what has to turn the book on is awareness of what it's saying. If you just take it intellectually, it's not going to serve you. It's going to take up more space in you, and you're going to have to tie to it and pay attention to your intellect when it's not serving you. It's awareness of it. So that's why some of the greatest invitations or directives or messages in non-duality are like one sentence long. Yeah? The seeker is the sort. What's looking is what you're looking for. Boom. Can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. They're not even a long sentence. You could put the foundation of the imitation of non-duality on a, on a napkin. You could. You could put the eight profoundness of non-duality on a napkin, and that would serve you more than any huge library that you go to. If there was an awareness of it, yes? If there was an awareness of the statement, it would see you much farther than all the fucking books you've ever had. Yes. This is true reliance. You rely on awareness as awareness. So this is what we do. We share here, put it out. I have great confidence, not in you at all, but I have great confidence in what we are. And I know that we can overwhelm this little myopic system and then the panoramic is going to hear one of those notes. It's like the old spiritual sperm thing we used to use, yeah? So let's say that sense of what we are is like a giant mother egg, you know? Conceptual egg. And it's ready to give birth to a lot of possibilities, but it needs to be ignited by a sperm, a spiritual sperm, let's say. So we're just flooding the system with a lot of spiritual sperm, having great knowledge that one of them's going to get through and it's going to impregnate the mind, the big M mind with this idea. And the mind is going to give birth to what the message only implies. The mind itself will give birth. Yes? So... I know that nothing can stop this. And if it can seem to be stopped, it can only seem to be stopped for a very little short bit of time. Yeah. The resistance to this message is always finite and the message is of infinite. Yeah. The resistance is only finite and the message is of infinite. So there you go.
All right, Mike, that's it. Okay, anybody want to raise their, their hand? Say goodbye. <laughs> Kathleen. What more do you want? I swear. In a new apartment. Huh? Oh, Kathleen in your new apartment. I'd rather take, why don't you show us your apartment instead yeah. of asking uh, interior design questions. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Can, let's see. I will do that, but I, I also, how about if I um, just walk around my apartment and ask you my question at the same time? All right. My question is, this do is you realize it was about a year and a half ago? It's kind of dark in here. Oh, no, I don't have that many lamps yet. Got a lot of pillows. I have a lot of cushy furniture. Oh, yeah. Wow. Can you see it? I can't yes. tell what you see. I can see the couch and everything. Okay. You can see my yeah. mess. I have a lot of mess yet. I'm not I'm not exactly cleaned up yet. I'm still finding a place for everything. So it's a lot of mess. Oh, great. But it was a year and a half ago, about that fall, when I was I think around that time I was saying to you, I'm so confused. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm so confused. But then I said, but I'm happily confused. Yep. I remember. remember. Yes. I'm so confused. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand anything. But it's okay with me. It's no big problem. Yeah. And now, and then what I did was I started to understand this. I don't know. I started to realize I don't know. And I started to recognize it with every thought that came into my head. I started to remember, I don't know. And it was that, I think that, noticing that I don't know anything was the best gift that I got from you. And... um. Oh my God, my life is so amazingly awesome. I got, I took this picture this morning of the sunset, the sunrise. I got up at six o'clock and I looked out the window and I saw this orange everywhere over this dairy farm. All I could see it was amazing. Amazing. I couldn't even help myself to go out there and take a picture and send it to people. You said you know, my you um, I I am I'm having the chance to just enjoy my life free and um and just traveling less than lighter, uh. less than lighter, floating. Floating <laughs> along and enjoying every second of it. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you for being my friends. Thank you for coming along the road with me. Thank you for holding me up when I needed you. I needed your support and you all held me up. All of you. Especially Paul and um, Anu and Amelia and some other special people. But all of you are very important to me. And I'll, I'll shut up now. Oh, well. Thank you.
there's Amelia now, there's Amelia there, there's Mia, there's the dog. Yes. Well, it's been a great pleasure, hon. I'm so happy we've run into each other more than once on the live stage. Yeah, it's great. I always had a deep underneath, uh, again, you can't comprehend uh, the relief, but I knew it, you know? And so I'm so happy I have a chance to pass it on to share share this message because uh, it's got the best payoff cost ratio. <laughs> huge, huge payoff, very little cost. And as it goes on, there's less and less cost and more and more payoff. Not bad. Yeah. So, so I'm happy. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you for that share. Yeah. All right, Mike. I don't know. We sh anyone else? No, I don't see. Well, maybe we'll. Uh... No, we, we no would be nice. Maybe we'll say goodbye. And if it's if it's ten minutes to eight, why not just wherever you are? I very I don't think I've ever done this, but wherever you are, just sit in a little gratitude, man. No matter what your situations look like, uh, uh, yeah. So that's definitely gonna do, you know trigger a question. <laughs> But uh, gratitude to me, the action figure has a ceiling. Yeah, a ceiling, you know. And one of the highest levels I feel it can go is gratitude. Yeah. And I used to love when I was at, uh, you know, long, long time ago, when I was young, I heard about this guy, Sai Baba. And uh, when my life started getting straightened out and I wasn't uh, under that slavery of addiction, I decided to go to see him in India. And every day, you can look him up. He was a trip. He had 10,000 people there. It's a place called Puttaparthi. And he had a, like, a, it was covered, but in open air, giant, place and he would walk through the people there 7 30 every morning and 5 30 and he had little paths and you could get, sort of know how he would walk through everyone so i would always get on like the curb of the path and then i would watch and when he came by and he was looking at the people on the other side i could see all their faces yeah so here he was but i was looking at all the people looking at him and you know a high level of how good a human face can look is that devoted look, <laughs> you know, that love look. It was used to be, it made every day, I was just be blown away watching people's looking. Yeah, and um, do you understand that when you know something, you put a, uh, a quantity and a measurement on it? When you think you have something, it's got to be contained conceptually. 
the don't know is what allows it to be as large as it can wants to be. Yeah. We had this in recovery where they would say for anyone to get in, they try to make it as easy as possible because they really believed, I imagine that if people followed the way of life of recovery, they would get relief from the drinking and the drug use and shit. So they would say, listen, I know a lot of people have a lot of trouble with the word God because they're upbringing. So they would say, listen, have a higher power of your own understanding. Make it into anything you like. Just, just, and if you're not willing, just pray to be willing to be willing, you know, just, just get in here and it'll work. And so the idea of a higher power of my own understanding which so quickly when I got into recovery where it arrived at and has never left uh, that I have a higher power of its own understanding. Yes. Yes. It's quite different. I have a higher power of its own understanding. So I don't know non-duality. Yeah. I know what I'm not. That's where, that's where the knowledge lies with me. I have no knowledge of what I am because there's no need for it. I'm being it, yeah? I have knowledge about what I'm not because trying to be that can be fucking unbearable because you're not that, yes? So I don't want to describe the indescribable. I want to describe the describable so you can recognize it from your indescribability, yeah? That to me, this message I feel has a direction here. And that direction is negation. Yeah? Negating what? All the assumptions that our whole system, the mental system relies on. Yeah? To see the falsehood of things. And sometimes when the direction is negation, your greatest successes are, your, are, are what was seen as terrible failures. You're never going to get it. Yeah. You're never going to get it. It's fantastic. That used to cause so much frustration in me when I was seeking. And I thought there was a me that was going to get something. To hear that I was never going to get it sounded like it sucked. But now it's, it's like a, a celestial chorus of a hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to get it because I am it. Yeah. I don't need to know it. I can't because I am it. Yeah. I can't arrive there because I am it. I can't leave it because I am it. Yeah. It just changes so much because you don't know the head spins you tons of miles on the smallest little fucking weird idea. <clears throat> Non-duality cuts all of its umbilical cords. It does. And it, you you just, you see the emperor with no clothes. You see it. You see it. <clears throat> you see all of its plans of you arriving there later, you fulfilling all the requirements that shift like sand every other day. And then when you fulfill the requirements, you'll be able to receive it. All this shit. And then... <clears throat> ways of ensuring that you'll never lose it by doing something stupid. <clears throat> All of this is just orbiting around the idea of you. You're not that you. Yeah, That's the great joy of this message. 
all those requirements and responsibilities and I got to do something that I don't feel capable of doing. All these fucking spiritual demands the head has a field day with. You're re it's you're released from it because it is not you don't get liberated. You get liberated from the need to be liberated. That's what you get liberated from. Your interest and attention gets released now, not at a future date after 30 requirements are met and you've done some Herculean tasks and you got approval from the that which is playing God. No, no matter what you think or feel, it is. Yeah, You are awake. That is your nature. You can seem to be awake to that or you can seem to be asleep to that. Yeah, It doesn't change the fact. That's the beauty of it. You are not a fact to change this fact. You are not a fact to change this fact. This fact, you are an appearance in this fact. Yeah, You are not a fact looking for this fact as an appearance. You are an appearance in this fact of non-duality. Yeah. I rest my case. I do. I rest my case. I'm disarmed. Yeah. You run into so many walls as the action figure. Yeah. Because it's defined. It's not a long range rocket. It has maybe it can go up four miles. Yes. It doesn't nothing stabilizes because it's volatile. It burps one way. It coughs another way. Yeah. You're going to run into frustration, not knowing a lot. Those are great signposts, man. Put down your knapsack and step and just sit, sit there, sit there at your own finiteness. And then you'll see it from the infinite. Yeah. Sit there for your inability, innocent as hell, inability to grok and understand shit that's over your head. Yeah. You don't have to argue with anymore. You're outmatched. Hallelujah. Yeah. It was not your calling. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's it for tonight, unless there's other questions. Kathleen, we're going out on a high note. Your share. Thank you. Yeah. Dana, as always, I'm happy to see you. Yeah. Jacob, nice to meet you, my friend. Steve, San Diego, as always. David, uh, from down under, he just pet he, he he disappeared finally. <laughs> <laughs> we got. Who else do we have here? I can't see this guy's name. Let's see. Oh, this is, I don't know. I, I think it's Matt. Or, or is it Eric Platt or someone? I got a big <laughs> thing blocking it. I know who this is. This is Michael. Mike C. He's one of the vertebrae of the backbone of Zen Bishlap. He's down in the lumbar. He's holding everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Rowe. Always nice to see you, Rick. Man, we're enthused, a lot of us, eh? 
We're filled. It's nice. Very nice. David B. The pleasure of met David. Uh, spent time with him. Sherry, as always, just, just saw her this last weekend. Lynn D. The cloud, to me, it's always moving out of the square. I like that. We got Mike G., Dennis W., John, our man in Maine, Rico Cruz, Frank, Tucson. He's 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 definitely got the mayonnaise. That's nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, thank you. I just want to say thank you, Paul. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You know, it, yeah, I wake up in the morning grateful because as soon as my eyes open, I know that, that that's consciousness. And that's where I need to be. And I need to pay attention to that. That was yes. out of my head. So I'm saying thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. You might as yes. <laughs> you might as well pay attention to what you are as a moving event instead of this fucking Story. block of stone called Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Alan. Oh, nice to see you, Alan. I was so happy to meet Alan in Sicily uh, under some bad circumstances, but what can you say? Alan and his wife, it's a pleasure. Zoom user, nice to see you. Susan H, always a pleasure to see Susan. John K, as always. Say hello to your friend. What's his name, Nathan, yesterday? Nathan? No. All right, Susanna W. Susanna and I have known each other a long time. Very, uh, always felt very strongly supported by Susanna. I hope she felt the same. Jeff, nice to see you, Jeff. Floyd. Hey, I didn't hear that, Mike. There is a Paul Instagram page. I assume that's a no. Yeah, I don't know even much about Instagram. Yeah, yeah we're, we're behind the times on that, Floyd. Sorry. Instagram, the uh, infinite scroll. Is that it? No. That's, uh, uh, the, the photo things with captions. And videos. Uh, well, maybe someone got moved to put us up there. We could. I don't care. There you go, Floyd. You can do it for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just whatever. You know, just don't. You know, it's weird. Uh, uh, <laughs> when we first took the name Zen Bitch Slap, uh, somebody sent me this thing. There was another Zen Bitch Slap, but it was B-Y-T-C-H or something, and it was like a soft porn site. I couldn't believe So I said, well, hmm. B-Y-T-C-H <laughs> Thing. I said, wow. That would be a rude awakening if you thought you were going to a non-dual sad saying. Well, how do they overcome the... Oh, no. It's, they don't do... It's not a Zoom. Zoom would be difficult for a, a full frontal nude thing because you don't see much. Yeah, you just... I only know people from their T-shirts up, basically. Depends on where the camera is pointing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where the camera is pointing. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. I don't, I better leave that now. All right. So I'm saying John K got everyone. Susanna. I think I got everyone. Everyone else uh, jumped ship. Maybe Eric Platt, Mike G. Oh, who, if I missed you, I didn't miss you. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the lovely evening. And uh, we'll see some Paul? of you tomorrow. <clears throat> Paul? Yep. You you brought up uh, Rumi. Yeah. And you were talking about Sufism. Yeah. I wonder if sometime in the future, you know, I, I was intrigued by that movie, Beatings with Remarkable Men by Gurdjieff. Uh, great movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could sometime explore, uh, you know, the use of movement to to lose oneself as the Sufis do. Well, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I don't have much experience with that. I mean, I lost myself with movement also. It was more of, uh, <laughs> it was a, different kind of movements but yeah but yeah we can always it's easy to lose oneself if you're not that yeah you know what i mean yeah there's so many moments that it's completely forgotten but see then when it shows up it forgets those moments <laughs> that's what it does yeah you have mini blackouts all the time when you're in a zone and there's no idea of you when it shows back up, it it basically blacks out those that time. Yeah. It throws like a blanket of story over it. Oh, I was in the water and I lost myself. No, it, that wasn't there. It was not in there. It that's it showed up when you got to the shore again. Yeah. And then it says, Oh, I was in the oh I disappeared. Yeah. And here you are. No. All right. Well, nice to see everyone. I'll see you soon. Everything I think is up. Mike will put up the next thing on Saturday, the uh, January 20th thing in Temecula. And so, yep. Zen Bit Slap event page has all the zip, all the uh, Zoom. I'll see you Saturday. No, tomorrow is I recovery. Yeah, recovery. I'll see some people tomorrow. Bye-bye.